Josh Jacobs and Darren Waller are at the top of their respective positions, but everyone else on the Las Vegas Raiders feels like a gamble. Hello everyone and welcome in to a Friday edition of Fantasy Football in 15. I'm your host, Michael Beller, ready to kick off your weekend. It's Friday. Let's get things started, right? Let's kick it off 24 hours early, and I'm going to do that with my co-host, Derek Van Riper. Derek, what's going on? I'm fired up. I'm happy that it's Friday, and I think we have the perfect team preview for a Friday. Absolutely. What's more fun than the Las Vegas Raiders? That is going to take a little bit of getting used to. I'm happy I got it right this first time. I will not guarantee that I get it right every single time, but that is who we're talking about, the Las Vegas Raiders. To talk Raiders, we bring in one of our two Raiders beat writers here at The Athletic. It is Vic Tafer. Vic, how's it going? I'm doing good. How are you guys doing? We're doing good. We're ready to talk some Raiders. This is a team that is uh, making the move from Oakland to Las Vegas for this season. Uh, 2020 is going to be anything but a normal season for anyone, any sport, anything. How is the team handling the move in the COVID world that we live in right now? It's been weird. It's probably weirder for them than most teams because they are moving to Las Vegas. So that new facility in Henderson won't be done for about another week or so. I mean, the coaches move in next Monday, I believe, but uh, it won't be completed probably at the end of this month. And then also the one in Alameda, the old facility, uh, they moved out already because they, they closed it down due to the pandemic. And they couldn't move back in. So the moving trucks hit that place about, I want to say, two, three weeks ago and cleaned it out. So they've had no home for the last, you know, three weeks, I think, though. And no, no one has a home, but um, I'm just saying, so it's kind of been weird for them as far as not having a place where coaches can actually go back to and get going again. Let's uh, kick things off with the running back position. Josh Jacobs, of course, had a huge rookie year, 242 carries, 1,150 yards, seven touchdowns. Uh, it was making a little bit of an impact in the passing game as well, but could that carry volume increase even further? We're talking about a guy who missed three games last year. Is a 300 carry season within reach for Jacobs? Yeah, I think he's going to have a bigger year. I think he, um, I think the Raiders are going to run the ball a lot more this year, and that's what they want to do. I think um, you mentioned the injury last year. He played hurt for most of the year. I think it was uh, against Green Bay where he popped his shoulder out of place and fractured it a little bit. And um, I just think he played hurt for most of the year. I think he, uh, he showed how tough he was. I think they also limited his use in the, in the passing game because of that. They wanted – they're only going to use him so often. They, they kind of limited his touches. They wanted him to have those touches running the ball. They had Jalen Richard as a third down back to come in and handle that part of it. So I think um, that might change this year. I think they'll have him do more stuff this year if he's healthy. Yeah, that's a big thing for Josh Jacobs. It was something we talked about a lot with regard to his overall fantasy production last year. The 27 targets caught 20 of them for 166 yards. So assuming health, can we see him? getting more work in the passing game and elevate into a workhorse group that we talk about, guys along the lines of you know, Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, Dalvin Cook. Could he be in that group of guys from just a you know touch and percent of backfield workload perspective? I think so. I think that you, you saw his – you can definitely catch the ball. He has the skills, his soft hands. You saw it in practice last year in training camp, definitely, and, and John Gruden was excited about it. I think the injury – and plus, you know, I think it's tough for a rookie to handle the, you know, the, the blocking part of it, the pass protection part of it. It's a lot for a rookie to catch on to. So I think that's another reason why Jalen Richard had a, a bigger load uh, in that part of the game last year. I think they added Lynn, Lynn Bowden Jr. Lynn, Jr. this year. I'm not sure how much of a role he'll have, but he'll be more of a you know a wrinkle kind of guy. Kind of they'll use him in different ways. But I think they're going to run the ball a lot this year. I think that definitely will be a staple. I think Josh Jacobs will get more touches of both uh, on the ground and in the air than he did last year. 
Vic, it's year seven already for Derek Carr, and he's had his moments, but really hasn't had that full breakthrough just yet. There were some pretty good signs last year. 7.9 yards per attempt was a career high for him. Uh, just one of nine quarterbacks with more than 400 attempts, a TD rate above 4%, and an interception rate lower than 1.6%, but he was just middle of the road for fantasy purposes. Is Carr at this point in his career where what we see is what we get, or do you think there are some reasons to believe that he still has another level that he can reach? I see it both ways with Derek. I think definitely you can look at, he had some injuries a few years back, which definitely hurt him. And last year, losing you know, Antonio Brown, it, it worked so so much together, and there's so much uh, time they got down. And, and when that fell apart, that was definitely a huge uh, setback for him and the team. And Tyrell Williams, our other big signing last year, his hurt, his, both his feet got hurt um, like week five last year. He wasn't the same. So he lost pretty much his two biggest weapons, you know, um, for the for last season. I also think that. Um, you know, I think you look at what they did this off this offseason. They kind of flirted with Tom Brady a little bit. They brought in Marcus Mariota for $7.5 million. So this is really going to be the first time that Derek's really pushed. I mean, uh, as far as having a backup who will definitely push him for uh, some time at some point. So I think that's definitely a big factor also this year. Yeah, that was exactly where I wanted to go next. Derek and I, not Derek Carr, Derek Van Riper and I, before uh, we jumped on here, were talking about the fact that you know, for the six years of Carr's career, uh, despite the fact that this team's just made the playoffs once and he's never really had a huge standout statistical season, has never really been challenged. His job security never been in any question until the signing of Marcus Mariota. Mariota, of course, had his own issues with the Titans and got supplanted by Ryan Tannehill last year. We know what happened with that team going on to the AFC Championship game. But let's just say that Carr does struggle early on in the year. How long do we expect the leash to be for him now that he has this legitimate backup in Marcus Mariota? It's always hard to guess how long the leash is going to be, but you look at the schedule and it's at that week five by week, which to me looms pretty large. I think they have a tough schedule opening up, but I think, and both Mayak and John Gruden said this with Marcus, they both loved him coming out of college. Obviously he had some issues in Tennessee, injury issues. He you know, lost his job last year. And they say he needs to get right, both health-wise and also in terms of cleaning up some problems he's developed. So I think... They're not looking at him to come in right away and challenge it. I think it'll be a little process. We'll see how camp goes. There's no off-season workouts, which is a big minus for him. But, you know, training camp and at the start of the season, we'll see how he's coming along if he can really push, you know, Derek as, as early as week five of, of this season. You know, the Raiders used the 12th overall pick to select Henry Ruggs, made him the first receiver off the board in this year's draft class, took him ahead of his college teammate Jerry Judy. Is this going to be a, a one in one a sort of relationship where you know Darren Waller really emerged step up as the top target in the passing game last season? Is Waller's role as the top target in danger here, or is Ruggs more of a a deep threat from the start who has to take some time to really become a bigger part of the offense? Yeah, I think the thing you hear about uh, the addition of Ruggs is that it's going to open things up for Darren, I think, as far as last year. Look at, um, he had a big year, obviously, but the last half of, of the season, uh, defenses were definitely bracketing their coverage towards him. Definitely he was the number one target as far as defenses when they planned for the Raiders. So I think, uh, I'm not sure, you know, Ruggs' adjustment period, how, how it will be. No offseason workouts, he had this weird thigh injury where he got hurt in a moving accident. Um but I think everyone thinks that Darren Waller is going to have a huge, huge year. Like, I mean, he's just gotten so much better every year. He's like, you know, he was a receiver in college. They're still learning the nuances of playing tight end. So I think if you're a Raider fan and you want to get excited about this team, or really excited, the main reasons are uh, Josh Jacobs and, and Darren Waller. 
All right, well, let's hit on Waller a little bit more for a sec. We might have to come back to Ruggs, too, but let's talk about Waller more a little bit here. You mentioned the breakout year. 90 grabs, 117 targets, 1,145 yards, uh, just three touchdowns, which is a little bit of a disappointment and probably an anomaly when you have the other numbers that he had. The number that jumped out at me, among players with at least 100 targets, he was fourth in yards per target, only behind Chris Godwin, Kenny Galladay, and Amari Cooper. That is a huge company for anyone to be in, let alone a tight end playing with those wide receivers. Um, I mean, we have to assume that his target share is going to be at least what it was last year, right? Yeah, definitely. I think as far as the the end zone stuff, I think I'm trying to think the number. I think Foster Moreau may have had seven touchdowns last year. So I think when mm-hmm. they use a lot of those three tight end sets and they got closer to the end zone, obviously Darren was a huge focal point for defenses. So I think Foster Moreau kind of took advantage of that. This year they've added Jason Witten. I'm not really sure why, but I hear he's a you know, great leader <laughs> and all that stuff. And But I'm not sure the need was there for a 4.5 million number three tight end. But I think he'll also be a factor in the end zone and the red zone. So I think that also makes I think if you're looking at Darren Waller, you, you're obviously going to think bigger numbers this year, but I, I wouldn't uh, bank a lot on having a lot of touchdowns this year. I, I think the focal point in the, in the red zone will still be spread out as far as uh, you know the, the targets. Tyrell Williams should be healthy. You know, that was something you reported back in, in late February, and it was plantar fasciitis that slowed him down last year. Uh, it's hard to imagine what he might have been able to do when healthy because his numbers on a per-catch basis are always really good. He's had three consecutive seasons where he's averaged at least 10 yards per target. Do you see more than you know third-option sort of volume, though, in this offense? It just seems like Williams is one of those guys who has to make his money on getting five or six targets a game and, and little more than that. Yeah, he, had, he came out of the gate strong last year, and I mean, you mentioned his feet. He had not only one, but two feet with plantar fasciitis, which is uh, pretty m- remarkable. But uh, he said he's doing better. I think definitely they uh, had a decision to make where they could have walked away from his $11.1 million deal in February. They didn't, so they have some faith he'll, he'll bounce back. And, uh, again, with, with Derek Carr, and you look at the, the – the top seasons he's had in the league. It's all about trust and, you know, continuity. And like with Crabtree and you mentioned Cooper, once he gets a feeling of where guys are going to be and can rely on them to be at certain spots, he'll feed them. So I think uh, always with him, you look at year two and year three with receivers, those are definitely the big step-up years. So I think Tyrell Williams should, in health permitting, have a really good season this year and be the weapon they thought he was going to be last year. I do want to go back to Ruggs for a sec because we ended up talking more about Waller there. Uh, rookie receiver, obviously, you know, this was a, a draft that was uh, known to be deep at receiver. Raiders had first crack at one, and they went with Ruggs over Jerry Judy, uh, which is a big move for a team to make. It obviously plants a flag and says what they think of him. Now, without having a typical offseason for a rookie, what sort of realistic expectations can we have for him going into the season? What are the Raiders really going to ask him to be for this offense? But the main reason they got him, I think there was some discussion that night in the draft room. I think Jerry Judy, most of the people in the organization were higher on Judy. I think there was definitely a close call. But John Gruden said even a while back that he wants to be like the Chiefs. He wants to kind of you know mimic their offense, kind of be the you know, wide open, fast offense they are. And he wanted his own version of Tyreek Hill. That's what he. I want my own Tyreek Hill, and he thinks he got one in rugs. So I think you'll see him definitely a lot more. A lot of slants. Derek Carr can throw a nice slant pattern. So use his speed to get break away from defenders. You'll see some players over the top and move them around. But I think the, all the ways you, you saw Derek, Tyreek Hill being used in the last few years, that's what John has in mind for, for Ruggs. One more question for you about this group of receivers. Hunter Renfro closed out the season with back-to-back 100-yard games. His target volume was jumping up quite a bit. Uh, comparing him even to, say, like Tyrell Williams, is Renfro the safer bet to have a higher volume, higher 
bigger share of the workload in this passing game on a week-to-week basis? I think so. It's hard to say because, you know, his numbers last year when they came up, I mean, Derek didn't have anybody else to, <laughs> to throw the ball to. I mentioned Waters being double coverage, so it wasn't like um, you know, there was a lot of choices there. But I do think that Hunter made an adjustment. Like when he, when he first, you know, I want to say five, six games, you watch him like, oh, he may be too slow for them. They may not be able to do what he did in college at this level. But, you know, you learn it's a growing process. And with him, he learned that, he can run his routes in different ways. Like, he didn't have to go exactly the same way every time. As long as he got to a certain point at a certain time, he had some freelance, you know, possibilities in terms of the way he ran his route. Once he learned those nuances, he had more success. He has great hands. Definitely a big-time third-down target for Derek. So, there's a lot of trust. I mentioned with Derek, it's all about trust. And definitely, he definitely trusts Hunter uh, immensely. So, I think he'll definitely have a big role. It's hard for me to really say, like, you know, you add in rugs and William was being back and Waller and – you know, it's hard for me to say if he'll have that many catches again this year, but I think he'll definitely be, you know, a, a big part of the offense. Raiders brought in a few guys uh, over the you know last eighteen months or so that we uh, have come to know in the uh, in the fantasy football world. Nelson Aguilar, Zay Jones, still have Jalen Richard there. You mentioned the uh, draft pick of Lynn Bowden Jr. Also used a third round pick on receiver Brian Edwards. Um, is there anyone in that group who, you know, obviously we're not going to be talking about, no one's going to be drafting in fantasy leagues in a couple of months, but maybe does emerge uh, by the end of the season as someone who is useful? Yeah, for me, I think the sleeper would be Aguilar just because he, John loves the veteran receivers. And I think, he, um, you know, he had some big years, you know, a couple of years ago. He definitely um, had some success at this level. So I think he's a guy that could come in and maybe wiggle himself into a role. But, um as far as, as Bowden and Edwards, I think they're probably longer-term guys, maybe more of an impact next year than, than this year. Um, so I think – and even Zay Jones. Zay Jones has been has been working with Derek Carr like all offseason. He's kind of helped organize these, these, these team workouts in Vegas. He's had a, you know, as big an offseason you can have for a guy who's in the bubble. So I think Zay Jones is also not totally out of it as far as uh, the receiving uh, picture. But uh, I have a, a sneaky feeling that Aguilar is going to have bigger numbers than people think. All right, that's the Las Vegas, do not call them Oakland, the Las Vegas Raiders here on Fantasy Football in 15. That's Vic Tafer, one of our Raiders beat writers. You can check him out on Twitter at Vic, V-I-C, Tafer, T-A-F-U-R. Vic, thanks so much for joining us. All right, man, thank you. Also, be sure to check out State of the Nation, our Raiders podcast. You can find Vic, Deshaun Reed, Ted Wynn, and Jimmy Durkin on that. That's going to do it for this episode of Fantasy Football in 15. If you do not yet have an athletic subscription. You can get a free 30-day trial at theathletic.com slash football in 15. For Derek Van Riper and Vic Taver, I'm Michael Beller. Fantasy Football will be, will be back with you on Fantasy Football in 15 will be back with you on Monday. Have a great weekend.